Welcome to the West Coast Project Podcast for Better Call Saul. My name is Mike and I'm here with Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Hello. Hey, Kelly, we're here to do 503 tonight, Hazard Pay. Yes. There are a lot, <laughs> there's a lot of new characters coming in and a lot of new kind of meetings of people in this one. Yeah, there's a lot of people to keep on the payroll. Absolutely. Do you have any new fun facts for uh, Hazard Pay? Uh, just on the director is Adam Bernstein and his wife, uh, Jennifer Heck, plays Gretchen. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. And Peter Gould is the writer of this episode. So uh, I got a lot of good stuff, but we'll kind of enter them in as they deem fit. Okay. Well, before we jump into the specifics of this particular episode, Kelly, I read something really, really enticing on Reddit the other day. And that was um, that old Joe, because he has such profi- he's so proficient in his legal skills that he may be an associate of Jimmy McGill before Jimmy became Saul. He might have been a lawyer at one point, and maybe those two will somehow be part of this Better Call Saul series. Oh, my gosh. That would... Have you seen the extended trailer? Yes, I have. It just looks awesome. It does. Now, I have no evidence of my theory or this theory that somebody else had on Reddit, but it would be so cool. That's such a good idea that they should actually try to work that in if they haven't already. That would be really cool. And I don't know if you heard that uh, they've also finally, the rumors have died that uh, Aaron Paul and Brian Cranston will not be in season one. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, rumors are rumors, though, huh? Who knows what's real for sure. Right, yeah. I guess on my page, I'm constantly trying to put fire or put water on these fire rumors all the time, but. I think it's that one's pretty much uh, set in stone because we know that Vince Gilligan doesn't want the show to be a Breaking Bad Part 2. So he'll probably bring some more actors in next season. Yeah, they do make it a pretty strong point to say that they want Salt to have its own characteristics and be its own show. Exactly. So maybe it is wise to keep away from Jesse and Walt for, for maybe the first year. Right, absolutely. All right, well, um, Hazard Pay is... Uh, we're going to see Mike and Dennis, or Mike and, uh, actually Mike and, who's the lawyer? What's that lawyer's name? I don't have his name. Dan or something? Dan, yeah. I don't know his last name. Mike and Dan go to see Dennis in jail, and Dan's the lawyer, and Mike's in there as the paralegal. That was kind of funny in the first scene. Yeah, and boy, does Mike clean up nice. He looks really nice in that suit. You think so? Yeah, men look in suits. We don't see him often like that, huh? No. Well, they're they're just uh, they're just using Dan to get Mike in to talk to his to his team, and in fact, Dan doesn't even listen anywhere's headphones while Mike talks to his people. Right. But Dennis is the uh, first one that they see. He's the laundry guy, and uh, he's going to be in for eight years. Man, that's brutal. Right, because there was really no way he could deny being part of the operation when the laundry was right underneath them. Uh, but yeah, he's mentioning hazard pay times, which obviously ties into the title. Yep, hazard pay essentially means no flipping, no talking to the police. Right, his uh, wife asking where the mortgage is coming from, and he has no answers, and he's just a ball of nerves. Yeah, that would be tough. Even if even if you got hazard pay, that would be tough to sit there and sit in jail for eight years. 
Right, and also, you know, now that the everything's done, the lab is gone, and Gus is dead, he's really wondering, well, where is my money really going to be coming from? Yeah, there's a lot of rumors that Mike has to straighten out. and He's not only got this one guy, he's got to go to eight other places. Right. Like several other, I don't know how many, but multiple other spots, other jails and places where these, where this team is being held. Yeah. Uh, but Walt's in a great mood, and there was something I forgot to say during our very first podcast of Season 5, Kelly. Walt goes from the lowest point, or actually he goes from the highest point in the whole series the end of season four when he wipes out Gus and the very next scene we see we had to wait a year to see it but the first episode in season five he's at his lowest point he knows he's going to die he's setting up his gun to get or getting his gun to get ready to kind of end his time on earth here it was a really strong contrast of that really victorious end of season four to the to that uh, over the 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 Walt with the overgrown beard and the and the just looked terrible. Cancer was really grown on him, um, but I forgot to mention that contrast, and it was really striking. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, so after uh, after this first scene, we get the credits. Um, Walt is in a good mood again here. It, it's the it's episode three in season five, but he's moving back in home, Kelly. He's moving back in on Skyler. Right. You notice when he's taking all his stuff out of his box, the leaves of grass book slow shows up for a quick second uh was it i didn't notice that mm-hmm. and of course skylar's just are you moving in she's just petrified of him and sick of him altogether. there's no love lost between the two of those people well she looks at him like he's a man she has never met before just moving into her house off the street <laughs> like some guy some new man just moving in on her on her house in her room or bedroom all right pretty brutal stuff um, we see at Saul's office next that Mike is going to be the fourth amigo, and Saul doesn't like that. No, he doesn't. This is the first time that Huel and Mike have met. Oh, okay, I didn't remember that either, but that's a good yeah. point. Yeah, but yeah, he's like the fourth amigo. I don't. He's threatened me. I don't. I don't want him in our crew. <laughs> and Mike had known Saul uh, longer than the, the guys have, right? Right, yep. I think that time he came and threatened him, he's just been scared of him ever since. But, you know, uh, Walt's like, they've, he's threatened somebody before breakfast. Grow some balls. Yeah, he does it every day. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Saul's going to, or Mike's going to run the business, and Walt and Jesse are going to run the production. Well, we've heard that before. <laughs> Walt, in his new Heisenberg mode, just says, I'll handle him. Don't worry. Yeah, I'll Saul's handle business. He'll handle the business, and I'll handle him. Because Saul's like, are you going to be okay with this? Yeah, yeah. Saul wants to find any way out of this possible, but he's not. It's not going to happen. Right. Uh, so they look for some new production sites. That was pretty interesting. Going to the the different places. Um, they're finally going to decide on Vominos, the the bug ex- exterminator place. But they go to the cardboard manufacturer, the tortilla plant, the the laser tag building again. Kelly, I don't know why they tried that one again. They Saul seems to have his heart set on laser tag for some reason. Yeah, he needs to let that laser tank go. But it's funny because the part where um, Jesse grabs a tortilla off the conveyor belt, that was kind of a, a quick, unplanned moment as well. I could have, I couldn't have, I would have wanted one too. found myself wondering how Saul came up with these places. Did he, was he going to get some special cut from somebody else, some third party or something? Cause I they, would believe, yeah. They weren't the greatest ideas. 
And every one of them was like, oh, this guy's been paid to look this way or no, never will the two shall meet. Don't worry about it. So, he's yeah, I could see Saul buttering his bread on both sides with that with yeah. that deal. Yeah. Yep. So they meet the pest team, the, the Vominos guys, and one of which is Jesse Plemons, Todd, which we will know to come and love. Um, and Saul's been working with them for five years already. Yeah, he calls them the second story men. And um, it was important for Vince Gilligan uh, to make this story realistic was how, how would you just come to take over a pest control place? So it was important that they were already corrupt. Um, so they were already burglarizing these houses. So how perfect. Yeah. And I guess we should say that none, none of them liked this idea of the exterminator except for uh, Walt, who kind of thinks about it and says it's perfect. And he is the one with the vision about putting the mobile lab inside the house during the extermination process. Right, exactly. I mean, it, it is perfect. Uh, but one one error with this is, uh, again, with Vince Gilligan wanting to be so accurate, is that in Albuquerque, it's very rare that people actually tent their houses. Uh, so that was one oversight. Uh, but it still was a really brilliant plot. Yeah, I didn't know that. Why would they not have to tent their houses? I guess it's just not something that they do. There's uh, not a lot of termites in that area, or they use some other method, or maybe they come and spray, but it's very seldom that they tent the houses. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. You pointed out when we saw the cousins back, maybe it was season three, season four early on, I don't remember, but when they killed the old Indian woman, mm-hmm. um, they had to CGI some flies on her body because there are no flies in New Mexico. Right, yes. So there's no, maybe there's just not bugs. I guess you're probably right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's see, where are we? Uh, so they do need a mobile lab in order to do this cooking in and out of each house. They have to move it around each time. So they have to figure that out. But while they're, while they're checking this out, they send Badger and Skinny Pete to go get cases at the music store. That was a good scene. I like that. Pete- yeah, I guess that uh, that music store is called Grandma's Music. Um, but th- I have to say, I have to tell this really quickly, is Charles Baker, Skinny Pete, when I met him at the Albuquerque Festival, he was playing the piano. And I'd known this before, but he is an excellent piano player. Um, and he wanted them to put him in it. So when they were... Uh, cleaning out the church area to, for one of the scenes, he started playing down below, and they decided to put him in it. But I have a clip of him playing the piano, and he is fantastic. He was really playing it pretty well in the scene in the music store, too. Absolutely. Uh, contrasted to Badger, who was just hacking up that guitar. Right, and he's actually, Matt Jones is actually a great uh, guitar player, too, but they said it would be unrealistic to have the two of them be really good. Yeah, that's that's a good point, huh? But um, Pete and Badger, or yeah, Skinny Pete and Badger, kind of figure out that they want that uh, something else is going to happen now because they're buying all this equipment and they want in on this business now. And Jesse has to kind of shut them out, tell them no. Right. This is the first time that um, Hank, uh, not Hank, um, Mike and Skinny Pete have crossed paths. They didn't have any dialogue, but they were there together. They've never met. So, Kelly, my, my input on this part of the series is everything's amping up really good. It's almost too good to be true. Mm-hmm. Um, this can't be as easy as it looks. Again, didn't you get that feeling when you were watching this for the first time? 
Yes. Yeah. I mean, that that has to be just a temporary solution uh, because they can't go on doing this forever. Eventually, somebody's going to be familiar with the process and be like, why are you bringing, you know, huge crates into my house? Um <sighs> So, yeah, it can't go on forever. Yeah, it was almost like they cleaned up all the old threads too perfectly, and they had this all new, this huge new opportunity, and everything was so smooth. There was just something lurking in the back of my mind that said something's going to happen. Right. If it's too good, it probably is. Yeah, So, and some of this that started to tip me off this way is Mike kind of laying down the law, no stealing, that maybe somebody was going to do something wrong in this whole Vamanos business. If even if it wasn't our three heroes, there was going to be somebody outside them that might have tripped them up. But right, um, notice Todd how he made these strict instructions not to speak to them, and Todd wants to make a name for himself and tells him he disabled the nanny cam. So I, I had no idea that he was going to have such a big role in the future. Yeah. I don't know if they did either at that point, but even that sounded too good to be true. Like here's this guy. So conforming, he tips him off to the nanny cam. It, it just didn't seem right. Didn't feel right. Right. Um, so Jesse actually helps with the engineering parts of this mobile lab. He's fitting tubing together. And one of the pieces of apparatus is too big for the case. So he puts, he removes the top and makes it kind of into two sections. Um, I guess he, he says he learned a lot of that from that tent that he was in in Mexico, in that medical tent. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't I didn't know that. If you look at it, it, that's exactly what it is. It's the tent inside the house getting tented on the outside, but the meth tent is just like the medical tent was. Right. He's always finding a way to make himself useful to the group, too, as he's you know not getting underestimated as much. Right. So next scene, we see Andrea and Brock come over for dinner. Um, I was wrong earlier, too, on this, Kelly. This is where Walt warns Jesse. This episode is where he warns Jesse to stay away from them. He, he's kind of working Jesse, but he, he appears to be really friendly. Like, you know, do, you got to do what you really want and make your, you know, make your future the way you want it. But Walt does not need another Jane in the picture, and he probably starts to see Andrea as, as a potential girlfriend slash Jane problem again. Absolutely, because um, Jesse failed completely with the first one and gave up all their secrets with uh, within a very few, I don't know how long they dated, but very quickly on, he told her everything. So he's really manipulative, like, you know, you know how she looks at you and, you know, you have to be honest with her. What are you going to tell her? Yeah. Now, Walt spent some time pretty close to Brock, too, in this scene. Do you think Brock... Was that were they showing that Brock remembered him and maybe something he gave him with a poison from before? Well, that that's actually a good comment because this is actually the first time that Walt has met Andrea or Brock, and it's hard to keep up with all this stuff when they go so fast paced. But they wanted to have a scene with Walt and Brock, and it's left up to our interpretation on did has he seen him before? Uh, does does Brock remember him from when he came to the door that one time? Uh, when they fought in the yard, or or does he know him subconsciously for somewhere else? Yeah, I didn't put those two and two parts together on my first watch, but thinking about it now, they made a point to show Brock and Walt on the couch, kind of sitting there, mm-hmm. almost trying to remember each other or trying to figure out, like, where's this guy in my memory? Brock had that little look in his eyes, like, I should, I should be careful of this guy. Exactly. I like the way they had him seated on the couch, too. They were really far away and really controlled 
Uh, but did, did Walt look any bit remorseful for, for, for a moment? Did we catch that as a viewer? Yeah. Well, they do their first Vamanos drug production run, and it's to some cool jazzy type of music. I forget the name of the song, but it was it's pretty neat to watch. And then they kind of kick back with... Uh, or was this? I, I'm trying to f- figure out where Todd was in this. Was th- was Todd before this, where he says there's the nanny cam? Yes. When okay. Yeah. So they do the production of the the first thing, and they they sit back and have a beer, and, that, and I guess that's where Walt kind of talks to Jesse about whether or not he should be with Andrea, and how you have to be honest with somebody that you get close to. And he doesn't say don't do it because she'll be too close to you and it'll fuck it up. He kind of. He kind of encourages him in a left-handed, backhanded way, and that makes Jesse want to back out of it. I think it's the mo- It is one of the strongest manipulations I've seen thus far, because it looks really. It seems very nice, like oh, that's cute. But then you know that he's really trying to manipulate him not to be with her. Yeah, Walt's really working his magic again in this episode. Mm-hmm. All right, so we uh, we find out from Marie that Hank is back at work, but boy, Marie was really grating in this one. She was on Skylar's nerves so much that she tells her to shut up like 15 times in a row. Um, Kelly, I hate it when people insist on birthdays, especially when it's my birthday. Like, oh, you have to celebrate. And Marie was just grating on uh, on Skylar at this in this point at this scene. She really was, and, and I think that Scott, uh, Marie seems like she's just kind of that type of person. There's always one in the family where, she, you know, she bought the tiara for the baby shower and wanted to have a party for the opening of the car wash, and she seems to be kind of the cheerleader of, of bringing the family together to party, and uh, that was not the appropriate time. Obviously, she doesn't know what, what Skylar's going through, but, man, she does need to shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Yeah, and it's all superficial, <laughs> stupid stuff, too. And Skylar's got this really deep, serious shit on her mind. Right. You know, and she never bought that tiara either. She stole it, so she added even more fakeness to it. <laughs> that, was, that was all bullshit. Um, but they made a pretty nice little batch of blue meth out of their first run. It looked really like the best stuff they ever had. Um, Kelly, did you like this uh, pest lab, this pest, uh, making the lab, the meth lab in the pest house idea from the start? Did you like that idea? Um, I liked it, but I did not want it to last that long. I, it was kind of a lull. I mean, I thought it was a great idea. And actually, this is the first time in this scene, in this series, where they changed their cook suits. I don't know if you noticed that, but they used to use the Tyvek suits, and they were, like, really hot and and loud for um, dialogue. So they had to actually change them to, like, a more satin kind of um, track suit. And they actually had to make them specifically made because they were super hot. But that being said, the the Vominos thing was kind of like with The Walking Dead. I wanted them to get off the farm. You know, you can do it for a minute, but I don't want to go too far into it. Yeah, I I was really trying to figure out if it was just a a good idea or not. Like, could you really get away with it? You could. Uh, I mean, it's actually pretty genius, but it's it's the setting up and taking out uh, part. You know, I mean, they bug it right at the end, but something could just go wrong on so many levels when you're working with the public and somebody's personal house. Yeah. Yeah, I caught that too on my rewatch here that they didn't bug it while they were doing it in the lab. They were doing all their stuff in the lab without shooting any bug chemicals. And they would only shoot the bug chemicals after they were done with their cook. 
Right. Uh, so anyway, they got the first blue meth that looks pretty good, as good as it ever was. Um, and then we see Marie talking to Walt about the breakdown Skylar had. And Walt twists that and says it was the affair with Ted. Um, Kelly, do you think Ted... Now, Ted looked pretty bad the last time we saw him. Do you think we'll see him again in any of Saul's episodes? Uh, we've, we've mentioned that before, and I think that they had some of the uh, ads in the phone book showed Ted Beneke, Um but I don't know if they will bring him back or not. I don't know what where he would play into the scene. He was kind of Skylar's boyfriend. Yeah, that would be interesting, that part. Um, I think all these people that are waiting for the Saul show want to know who's going to be back. And every time somebody comes back, they're going to silently cheer in their, in their viewing of this new Saul series. Right. Anyway, I think that's cool to see these people come back. I think it would be neat to see Ted again. Um, but Walt asked Marie not to tell Hank about any of this stuff, knowing that's exactly what she'll do the first chance she gets. <laughs> right, yeah. So we see uh, we see Jesse and Andrea and Brock playing video games, and Jesse's just totally tuning Andrea out. Um, and he has some really dark-looking Death Skull T-shirt on. Did you notice that? I did. Yeah, that was pretty ominous for his future, I think. Now we see the Scarface movie playing in the White House. Um, we hear the two the two lines say hello to my little friend, and everyone dies in this movie, right? And they kind of tip off what um, Gilligan's whole theme was for Walt that. He's going to be Mr. Chips turning into Scarface. Right. That was a good catch. Skylar didn't look like she was interested at all in having any part of that watching with uh, Junior and Walt. No. Walt's having the time of his life, and now Walt Jr.'s got his dad back, and she just wants to go throw herself off a bridge. Yeah. so So the machine gun, I think it was the machine gun from Scarface, turns into the money counter while Mike was counting out the hazard pay. Oh, right. Uh Uh-huh. Um, if you hear the last few clicks, or the first few clicks of the uh, money counter, it's the machine gun. Oh, okay. Great. From from Scarface. But Mike's counting out the money. I've got another math equation here for us, Kelly. Okay. It didn't add up, but I guess what the general gist of it is they get 367000 each, uh, less the legacy costs. And these legacy costs are pretty expensive. <laughs> They pay 45000 each to Ira. He's the bug guy. They pay 10000 each to each of Ira's guys. Uh, they pay 18000 each to Saul. And they have to pay 117000 each to Mike's crew for the legacy costs. And what that leaves them is 137000 out of the 367000 so they pay about two-thirds out in fees to their partners and legacy costs. Yeah. It doesn't, I can see why Walt would be aggravated. It's, it's not worth it. I mean, his pile goes from this to this. Yeah, it's a pretty, pretty big chunk. And it was pretty cool how they showed. They literally showed Mike taking money away from the pile and stacking it into his bag to take away from them to go somewhere else. It means a lot more to see that big pile of cash getting smaller and smaller than to just hear about it. Right, very good visual. And I believe in this scene they they mentioned what they mentioned before was uh, you flew too close to the sun, which is what Hank said to Walt Jr. when they were at uh, Hermanos. Yeah, he says that at the end, right, with Victor. At the very end he talks about Victor. Yes, yep. And he says Gus didn't just kill Victor, he was trying to send a message. 
Um, and that Victor trying to cook on his own. You know, I, that's at the very end of all this, but let's talk about it, Kelly. What do you think that meant? Why did, what was that message? Um, I don't know. I thought he said it during this scene. Is it later on? I think it's at the very, very end. Yeah, it's right as they're walking out the door. Uh, whoops, I didn't mean to skip ahead that far. That's okay. But it's a really cool message. I just can't grasp it. Does he mean, is it it's a warning to Jesse, don't go off on your own, you little bastard, or you're going to be in trouble? Probably, yeah, because he's going to do anything to keep Jesse under his thumb. And, you know, Jesse's trying to say, well, I don't, you know, I'm done. Yeah, it was more manipulation by by Walt, but the... I don't know. Yeah, he says maybe he flew too close to the sun and he got his throat cut. And it was the pretty much the last part of the whole episode. It had to be a warning to Jesse, don't you think? Absolutely. But anyway, regarding the money, and Walt doesn't like any of it. Mike reminds him that he's in charge of the business end and he should just, just do what he says. Jesse offers to pay all of it just to end the argument and Walt says no it's you know I can't let you do that I don't know and then the, the other cool thing I had about this end of the scene was Mike says just because you shot Jesse James doesn't make you Jesse James right exactly yeah because he's thinking like if you hadn't messed everything up we had a pretty good thing going so you know this is essentially your fault and once again you have Jesse who's gonna be the one to be the peacekeeper and not the greedy one saying, well, here, just take some of my money. Just let's get on with it. Yeah, but, and he's pretty much saying you're not Gus just because you took him out, which I didn't right. agree with. That doesn't make you Gus. I don't think think that you are. Right, which you know is going to piss off Walt slash Heisenberg. And then this is where Jesse actually mentions that he broke up with Andrea. And Walt Walt says something to him like, what do you think about all this? And Jesse, Or what are you thinking about? And Jesse says... Oh, I broke up with Andrea. I'm feeling really kind of low. And Walt says, no, 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 not that. What do you think about this money arrangement? <laughs> so he's, like, pretty cold-hearted. He's, Jesse's at a really um, important part in his life, and Walt's just worried about this money deal with, with uh, Mike. I, yeah, that was sad because he's, he's the one that manipulated him to breaking up with her. And then when he decides, like, because, you know, Walt doesn't reach out to him much on his personal life. And it was only for his gain. So then Jesse feels comfortable enough to say, well, hey, guess what? I broke up with her. And, oh, I don't give a shit. How much? How do you feel about this money? Right. Back to things I really care about. <laughs> Screw what's important to you. Yeah, very, very sad for Jesse. Jesse also makes an interesting comment. He says, we're getting a bigger piece of the pie. Even though it's less money, we're getting a bigger piece of the pie than with Gus. But that's really, that's Jesse's faulty math again, I think, Kelly. Because he should have been happy with what he agreed to get with Gus, no matter what Gus gets outside of that. And here he's trying to say, we're getting less money, but it's a bigger piece of the pie when more money is the goal, right? Right. I don't think he ever quite understood the arrangement with Gus. Yeah. I don't think he understands the business of all this very well either. Mm -mm. He's becoming much more mature, but I think that's just another little sign that he's you know, he's Mike was right. Take your money, Jesse, and just walk away. He had what six hundred thousand dollars. Right. Um, just do it. Just get out of this mess. But that that was it for five oh three. Um, our next episode next time will be five oh four fifty one, which I guess is for Walt's birthday. But um, this one was hazard pay, and I guess we know why it was hazard pay. It's pretty clear, huh, Kelly? It is, yeah. Paying off the boys. 
So this is our West Coast Project podcast for Better Call Saul. We're going to go all the way up through the end of the season, and that'll make it all of the whole series, and then we'll start our Better Call Saul podcast, uh, which start right after the show comes in on February 8th. Um, so you can find these podcasts on Better Call Saul under the West Coast Project website. And my Twitter handle is at Scathing Tweets. Kelly, what's your Twitter? BRBA underscore fun facts. And your fun facts websites? Breaking Bad Fun Facts and Better Call Saul Fun Facts on Instagram and Facebook, uh, Breaking Bad Fun Facts on Facebook. Awesome. And those are coming fast and furious. Now I see one a day or if not even more. Yes, there's there's quite a few. Uh, I just posted the extended trailer on this on the Better Call Saul page, so go check that out. All right, cool. So until five oh four, I'll see you next time. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.